So this morning, we're going to start a series called Patterns, and, and we're going to talk about prayer this morning. Um, and I love the subject of prayer. It's one of my favorite subjects to teach on. Um, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for the spirit of prayer grabbing a hold of my life as a young believer and, and learning what prayer was. And I'm still growing and learning what that is. And we're going to talk a little bit about this morning and, uh, and understand that God wants patterns in our life. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about wineskins in this series and how, uh, how God wants to form a new wineskin. And at the same time, we're not supposed to dishonor the old wineskin. We're supposed to learn from it. Amen. I think many times we say old wineskin and the first thing that comes to mind is negativity. And I think that is, is a problem because if we don't understand old wineskins and what God has done previously in a generation, it might be hard to, to really adapt to the new wineskin that he wants to form. Amen. Um, you know, and an example of that we're going to see here in Acts chapter three is when Peter and John are going to the temple to pray at the hour of prayer. They're New Testament spirit-filled Christians, and they still went to the temple to pray. Now, I know things changed after that. The temple was destroyed, and, and, uh, and, and things changed. I mean, Peter had a revelation, a vision from God, met Cornelius, had the revelation of the gospel was also to be preached to the Gentiles. And so there was revelation that came. But I want you to uh, really just consider the disciplines and the pattern life of a prayer warrior are okay. Many times we think spirit-filled living is just being chaotic and I'm just following after the Holy Spirit and I'm floating around and, and I, I like floating. Don't get me wrong. Amen. How many of y'all floated when you were in the world? Anybody? Well, you can float in the kingdom and I love floating, but, but what I mean is that there's, there's a pattern, there's a rhythm, there's a, uh, there's an expression of prayer that should be in our life where we can set a, a, a time to pray. We can set a time to seek after God. And, and that's what we're going to talk about in this is just learning those disciplines. I think it's a good thing to get into. We're going to talk about uh, in this series patterns for studying the word, doing devotions, um, and, and patterns to just to, to learn disciplines, spiritual disciplines in our life without being uh, legalistic, like, oh, I missed it and I blew it so God doesn't love me anymore. Um, when we started the series uh, on grace and our spiritual DNA, um, it was an example of a genotype. A genotype in DNA is the actual seed of the DNA. It's the actual blueprint of what um, the organism or the, the living thing will become. And so what we're talking about now is more the phenotype, which is, is basically what it becomes, the behavior. The, uh, my eyes are blue and my hair color. That is the, the phenotype of the development of my DNA that I received from my parents. So as we learn this, we're going to learn um, what we become. We're going to grow in grace. And as we grow in grace, we, it, it's, it's the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit living in us living out of us that transforms our life from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Amen. And so that's what we're going to learn in, in the pattern of prayer in our life. How many want a disciplined, um, not a legalistic, but a disciplined, a, just a holy prayer life? You know, and, and I think it's something that every believer, um, we've got to learn this rhythm of prayer and that your spirit is in constant communion with God constantly. 
And what we need to learn is to be aware of that and allow our hearts to be tender to that and open up and, and begin to live in that place where we are communing with the Lord um, all the time. So in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. I want to stop right there. We will continue in the story. It's an amazing story um, where they just saw the kingdom. They released the kingdom of God in the temple um, as spirit-filled New Testament Christians and apostles. But it's interesting to me, they, they, it says the hour of prayer. Now, the ninth hour is 3 p.m. How many agree with that prayer time? Come on, somebody. Some of y'all pray at 4 in the morning. God bless you. Um, I, I don't have that anointing from God. <laughs> I have the 3 p.m. prayer time anointing. And so I love this verse. I stand on this verse, and I, I pray this verse over my life. And so every time I get up late, I'm like, oh, Acts 3, 1, glory to God. And um, but there's something about this, that there was an hour of prayer. There was a set time. And in the Hebrew culture, it was okay to have a set time to pray. Now, some Christians, when they get saved, they still have a, an old Testament blueprint of how we're supposed to live our lives. And so we think, well, it's time to pray and, and, we, and we get weird and we get legalistic. And that's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about is honoring the wineskin, the tradition God instituted, because there's a difference between the church tradition and man's tradition. Amen? There are things that God instituted, like the Lord's Supper and water baptism in the New Testament. And we don't throw those out because the Lord instituted those things. Now, there are traditions and doctrines of men, which we're going to get into about prayer. We're going to talk about, you know, God cleansing our lips from vain repetitions. And, and, and what are some of those vain repetitions that we find ourselves doing in prayer but I love this because they, they came at the hour of prayer. And they're New Testament Christians, and they still go to the temple. Now, they can pray outside the temple. Jesus prayed in the garden. They understood that. They had already been discipled for three, three years by the Master. They understood that they didn't have to go to the temple to pray. I mean, they understood the Holy Spirit lived in them. Jesus taught them this. In John 14 through 17, He's with you and He's going to be in you. And then He's sending them out and He breathes on them and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. They knew that the temple was not just in the, in, in, or the presence of God wasn't just in the temple, but they still honored the form, the pattern of praying at a particular hour. And that's what we need to learn in our life. Now, I have a picture up here that my, my dad brought. And it's amazing to me, and I think it represents a little bit of what we're talking about, because sometimes I think, and, and listen, man, uh, God's order and man's structure are two different things. And sometimes we get caught up in the structure, but order's okay, form is okay, as long as it's expandable. That is the definition of a new wineskin, one that is expandable, because an old wineskin will burst when you put new wine into it but we can learn from the winemakers of our previous generation. And so this picture is a picture of a meteor that is floating around in space. This meteor, this particular, it's a picture of one that just, I don't know how many years, millions of years old, floating around in space, possibly billions, who knows, in the chaotic, meaningless Realms of space just floating around. And what's amazing to me is that there's an actual pattern to this thing. They sliced it open. Look at that on the inside. So the outside is, is just a, 
just a void of material floating in space, but they, they cut it open and took a picture of it. Now look at it. It almost looks mathematical. You, do you, can you see the design and the pattern? Now the Bible says this, that, that we can clearly see God in creation. So in our chaotic lives that we have, you know, let's new, how many have new year's resolutions written down already? Anyone? How many gave up years ago? Okay. I did. <laughs> it don't work. I want, I want Holy Spirit patterns in my life where I develop this pattern, this flow, this rhythm, this, this expression, this form, this pattern of living with him in communion with him. And my prayer life as a believer is not this thing where I'm obligated to pray because I'm a Christian and I'm doing it like religious calisthenics. I got to do my exercises and, and you know, that's not prayer. Prayer is not a religious duty of good works that it's communion. Number one, it's communing with God. So how many just, I mean, isn't that amazing? There's order to it. There's, there's some type of symmetry to it. There's some type of, of, of form to it. There's some type of pattern to this chaotic meteor floating around in space. And so Peter and John, they went to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and they're coming to pray. They're coming to pray. And I I believe, here's what I believe. This word hour is literally like now. There's a scripture in Romans where it says, you know, are you aware of the season? Because now is the high time, the hour, it's the same word hour. Now is the high time to wake up out of sleep and realize what God's doing. I'm paraphrasing. It's Romans 13, 11. It's the same word hour. And what it's saying is, do you realize that, the, that you know, I mean, we're in a, a season. It's almost like an urgency. He's writing with an urgency. And the two different words used there for season and hour um, are, are like words like saying the harvest is about to end. Do you realize you need to get it now before it dies? That's, that's the, the language. But it's, it is the hour of prayer for our church and for our city. I believe that this year is going to be a year where we are infused with a fire of prayer like never before. I really believe that the intercessors right now, God is strategically gathering in the city. He's also strategically gathering the worshipers in the city. A good friend of mine um, and a friend of ours, Chris knows, that's how we met Pastor Chris actually, um, is uh, Mike Lighty. He's the worship pastor of ICLV. And we are in the process of helping him um, gather the worship leaders in this city. And in, in May, we're going to do a worship conference um, at, at ICLV. It will be a part of ICLV, but um, there's going to be a, a few guests. I think Rick Pino, Leonard Jones, and, and we're going to do a regional worship project that we will be a part of, that Chris will be on and I'll be on. And, and uh, isn't that awesome? It's never been done in Las Vegas. But that is a strategic thing that God is gathering the worshipers to release a sound. And here's what's happening. This is the hour of prayer. And we got to develop this pattern of prayer in our life where there's this thing where it's just, it, it's, we're in constant communion with God. And we learn to, to stir that up, fan the flame within us. You remember Paul told Timothy, his son in the faith, he said, you need to fan that flame in you. You need to fan that flame. Now, that gift that he was probably talking about was probably the gift of the spirit language. How many would agree with that? Many people have have unpacked that. 
And most likely that's what he's talking about. He's telling him, stir up the fire of prayer in your life. Now I want to talk about some of the things that happen when the fire of prayer is stirred up in our lives. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. And I want to just talk about this encounter Isaiah has a little bit in the aspect of prayer and these patterns. And now what happens is, is a pattern is not developed out of self-discipline. It's it's developed out of encounter and hunger. Amen. Now, when we yield, that could be a, I I mean, that could be a type of self-discipline because we're yielding our hearts to the Lord, but it's not developed out of, uh, out of like, Oh, okay. I have to pray, you know, and and we, and and we do it out of like, almost like an obligation of frustration. Like, oh, I got to pray right now. But it's like, oh, I get to pray. Oh, I get to commune with God. Oh, I'm hungry to be in the presence of the Lord. And I think it's important we understand the first aspect of prayer is communion. What does that mean? There's communion, there's petition where we're praying for other people uh, and we're praying for ourselves and then intercession where we're interceding on behalf of somebody else. But prayer isn't just asking God for things. It's communing with him. Prayer is not trying to get God to like you more. Prayer is not trying to, you know, be heard from our many repetitions, as Matthew chapter 6 says. And Isaiah chapter 1, he, he rebukes him. Actually, it's interesting. Um, I think this is like a consummation of all these woes that Isaiah, from chapter 1 through chapter 5, and then Isaiah 6, he has this encounter with the Lord, and the last woe is, woe is me. And, and he, there's something happens here with these fiery angels. They, they're called seraphim, and we're going to talk about that. But I believe it's important to understand that prayer is not like this, this religious duty where, oh, man, I, I have to pray now. No, I get to pray. What an honor that we can actually come into the presence of God. We have total access to his presence. So Isaiah chapter 6, um, and uh, you don't mind if I teach this morning, right? It's kind of a light service. All right, I want to make sure you, if you're not okay, um, there's two doors. There's one here, and then there's one in the back, and I love you. Happy New Year. So I love this verse here. I have a really dry sense of humor, so if there's anyone here that thinks I'm serious, I am. I'm not. I'm just joking, sort of. So in in Isaiah chapter 6, well, because I'm really not joking, but, you know. Just want to hear a little feedback every once in a while. But this, this encounter is one of my favorite. It's probably one of my favorite. Some of you that have known me for a while, my wife has heard me preach on this in a lot of different ways. And, um, but this morning, the Lord was really speaking. How many were back there when we were praying this morning? And man, could you just sense the stirring and the fire brewing? And, and I began to declare some things personally that are a part of this message and and I feel like, um, here's what I feel like. I feel like the Lord is going to bear witness in heaven with angels that this is the hour of prayer. And I'm going to explain what that means in a minute. Many times angelic hosts are used to bear witness or the testimony of heaven, the testimony of what God is doing. Amen? How many understand what I'm saying right now? Gabriel came to bear witness that Mary, right, was was conceived of the Holy Spirit and she was to have a child. And he went to Zechariah and you look at uh, Peter when he's in prison, the angel came to bear witness and say, it's not your time to die. 
and open up the prison doors. I think a lot of times, this is important, I think, for Christians to understand that, that a lot of angels are waiting for us to begin to be mobilized in prayer. A lot of times we think, well, you know, God, I'm praying and, and, you know, we're afraid to ask God to just release angels. And we're afraid because, but here's the thing. Angels are, they are waiting to listen to what the voice of the Lord is, is speaking through you. And I want to talk about one of the things that the Lord, here's what he's going to do. He's going to cleanse our lips from vain repetitions. Here's what one of those things are, is the repetition of praying to demonic principalities. We want to rebuke the devil out of everything, including our vacuum cleaner. We want to rebuke the devil out of, you know, our car doesn't work. And we think that we give the devil way too much credit, church. And here's a repetition that we need. There's not, I want to, I want to challenge Listen, I believe that we rebuke, we have authority, okay? I believe that our, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, Ephesians chapter 6. I believe that there are times where we strategically declare to, you know, uh, to strongholds, but the strongholds begin in the mind. And, and I believe it's important for us to understand that there is no New Testament record of people praying to the devil and binding him. Just chew on that for a minute. I think that we've missed it. I think if we just stop rebuking devils and start dispatching angels, we're going to see a lot more done. And this is the hour of prayer. This is a season for us to understand that we are we have authority in the Spirit. And, and when we begin to declare the word of the Lord, because see, prayer is not just God, I ask you to, it's declaring, Lord, this is what you said in your word. And I thank you that you're breathing on the dry bones. You remember the story of Ezekiel. He, he didn't say, Ezekiel, son of man, uh, you know, pray to me that these dry bones will live. He said, I want you to prophesy to the dry bones. And Ezekiel literally said, I'm calling on the, the Ruah, the wind, the spirit, the breath of God to come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Call on the four winds. See, this encounter Isaiah has, Isaiah calls him Yahweh, which is this, this word, this name of God, this holy name of God. It's the, the name of the Lord, Yahweh, that is surrounded by millions and millions of angels that are in heaven. And all over the place. And I think the Lord wants to purge our lips. And, and let me just read the, the scripture to you because I could just ramble. I'll try not to do that though. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Say seraphim. It literally comes from the word fire in Hebrew. It means burning one. They, they were angels of fire. They were angels of fire to bear witness of the testimony of heaven. How many know that, that know the story in John chapter 5 when we did our grace series? We talked about the, the angel that would come and stir the water. Do you know that scripture in John chapter 5? How many know angels come and stir things up sometimes? And I believe God is releasing seraphim and they are literally waiting for us to begin to burn with the spirit of prayer. And they're waiting so that they can come and ignite and change the environment so that we can grow in our DNA 
that we are children of God and we are sons of God and we're groaning. We're crying out for the manifestation of the sons of God. All creation, including us, there's a sound to be released. How many are feeling me this morning? And this encounter he has, it says that above stood seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And they cried to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. He began to hear what these beings were declaring in heaven. In Revelation says they were, they don't ever stop declaring holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And they're burning. They're, they, they contain literally the presence of the holiness of God's fire. And they, they sing about it all the time. They speak about it all the time. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And right here it says, the posts were shaken, the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Woe to me, Isaiah said, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. It says, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. Now, he was a being of fire. Why did he have to use tongs? Because the coal that this seraphim is going to bring is so hot that not even a fiery angel can touch it. That's a type of salvation. Because an angel doesn't bring us fire, but it can fan a flame within us. Amen? The fire comes from the Holy Spirit. That's the, the, this is a, a purging of sin. It's a type of salvation. And it says the angel came and touched his lips. Now, now here's what I'm praying, that we unlearn. Many of learn, really what uh, good prayer and learning a good pattern of prayer is just unlearning stuff. Sometimes it's unlearning the stuff that's really not scriptural. I, oh, Satan, I bind you. You cannot find that in the New Testament, saints. Hello? And if some of you do that, I'm sorry if that offends you, but I, I want to learn biblical prayer. I want to stop repeating, I'm going to bind this spirit and that spirit, and I'm going to bind this spirit, and I want to start declaring, Lord, send more angels. You remember the encounter that Elisha had? It says that the servant of Elisha, he says, Lord, or he says, Elisha, we're done. And he said, no, no, Lord, open his eyes. And he saw a company of hosts of heaven. And he said, there are more with us than there are with them. So let our eyes be open and stop rebuking the enemy that has surrounded us and start seeing the angelic hosts that are surrounding us, waiting for us to declare the word of the Lord. And let this be a year like that. You know, one of the greatest weapons against the enemy is just ignoring him. Not, not, not being aware but not giving him credit for all the junk that happens. Now, sometimes there's demonic possession and we take authority over that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like we're speaking into the air. And, you know, I, I don't like the songs that, that, you know, we were talking about this not too long ago, that give glory to that. And there's a warfare worldview that God's reforming. We think everything's a warfare. The war's been won, saints. And through the nature of Jesus within us, manifesting the Son of God through love, he, ha- he can't stand up under it. He's defeated. For this reason, the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And that is probably one of the greatest weapons. I want to tell you a quick story, and then we'll continue. Um, 
there's a story of uh, Heidi Baker in Mozambique, and and she's, uh, you know, the ministry's just booming. Those of you that know who she is um, will understand what I'm talking about when I I say booming. I mean, like 10,000 orphans, hundreds of resurrections from the dead, blind eyes are being opened, deaf ears are are hearing. Amen. That's normal kingdom stuff, Um, which, by the way, comes out of a pattern of prayer. It comes out of this lifestyle. Um, so one of her pastors, one of her great pastors, has a brother who's a pastor in another area. And there is major, you talk about demonic strongholds. We think we have demonic strongholds. They dodge bullets all the time. And we're complaining about our flat tires. That's another story. <clears throat> oh, the devil's attacking me today. I had a flat tire. So they're on the mission field and they're literally dodging bullets from Muslims that want to kill them for preaching the gospel, but they still do it fearlessly. And there was a pastor in another region that preached the gospel and they didn't like him and they decided to cut his head off and cut his hands off and send his members into a box to his brother, this other pastor. So his brother gets it and he's devastated. And he's like looking at this other pastor who's his brother his head and his hands. I mean, you talk about horrific. I mean, I, I couldn't even, you can't even put it into words what that guy would felt like at that moment. So here's what they did. Instead of rebuking the devil, instead of binding principalities, they went over to this region and they manifested the love of God to every single one of those Muslims that did this. And they started giving stuff away and they gave them goods, and they gave them things that they needed, and they publicly forgave them. This pastor said, I publicly forgive you for doing this to my brother. We love you. Thousands got saved. Because the greatest weapon against principalities and powers and demonic hosts is love. He can't stand under it. So this pattern of prayer in our life, it it just it brings us... It just brings this nature of Jesus within us. It just comes out. Now, here, here's the other thing I want to talk about, and then we're going to close. What altar did he, did he take this coal from? That, that's important. Because there was the altar that was outside. It was outside the, the, the temple. And then there was the altar that was inside the temple, the golden altar, which is also known as the altar of incense. That was where incense had to be burned perpetually, And it was a representation of prayer, perpetually, golden altar, pure gold. And it was was the coals that would be placed on this incense and smoke would rise. And what happens when when God takes something that's that's very hot and puts it on the bowl of our heart, so to speak, incense of prayer rises. And that's what I believe is happening in this hour. And so I want to talk about that because this altar... Um, was the altar of incense that was right outside the Holy of Holies. Now, you are a type and shadow of the, t- the tabernacle, right? So technically, you have a type of a golden altar of incense in your heart. And it's that place in your heart, your spirit is in constant communion with God. And it's understanding that where you can develop this pattern in your life, this pattern of prayer, this pattern of communing with God and awareness of his presence. So it says it touched his mouth, it cleanses lips. And he said, uh, my iniquity is taken away. And, and the angel said, your sin is purged. And then he said, 
whom shall I send and who will go for us? And he says, here am I, send me. But I want to talk about that. Here's what, here's what I believe is happening in this, in this service, and we're going to pray, is that the Lord is sending literally fiery angels with hot coals to brand our hearts so that this perpetual incense just burns before the Lord. It's a type of heaven bearing witness with what God has told us to do. And the, the angelic hosts of heaven are waiting for us to respond their way. And here, here, some of the intercessors, the seraphim love you because you help them do their job. And they'll, and, and there are some people that pray. You ever notice there's some people that pray that just change the atmosphere. It's because the angels love coming around every time they open their mouths. There's certain people that worship the Lord. There's psalmists and angels just, oh, yeah. When Chris leads worship, angels are like, come on, it's party time. They come down, they soar, and they just begin to declare the praises of God. And there are fiery angels that want to take the coal from this, this spiritual golden altar of incense that burns perpetually. The prayers of the saints, the Bible says, are like a bowl of incense in the book of Revelation. And so there's incense that, that arises from each one of us. But as a body, I'm praying that we get this is the hour of prayer and let a pattern, a disciplined pattern of life that just comes out of communion with God be developed in us where we are not feeling obligated to pray, but we're burning ones. And we're ignited with the fire and the spirit of prayer. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what is happening right now. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit of prayer being released. I want to ask you, saints, just begin to receive it. Pray if you want to lift your hands or if you want to come to the altar. I want to, let's just take a, a, about four minutes and let's respond to this word. And, and Lord, we just say yes, that this is the hour of prayer. This is the moment where we're stepping in to a deeper encounter, a deeper communion with you, God, an awareness of your presence, an awakening, a growing in grace, God, a growing in grace. And we thank you for that. And we thank you for the spirit of prayer being released. I want, I want to pray for those that just feel really called to intercession. They just really feel, I think all of us are intercessors in a sense because we're like him and he's the great intercessor. But I, I want to ask those that really feel called in the season. You just feel like, you know what? This, this word, this message is really stirring my heart. I want you, if you would, I want you to just lift up your hand or stand maybe where you are. Just stand up right now. And we want, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Just stand up right now and lift your hands. And I want to pray. I just want to pray. And I want to declare this fire and the spirit of prayer to be ignited in you. Yeah. So Holy Spirit, we open up. We just, we open our hearts right now. I want, to, I want you to just receive him. He's breathing on you right now. Just receive. And Lord, send these, these seraphim, these fiery beings to come with this heavenly coal to stir our hearts, to infuse our very DNA, to create an environment where this DNA, this genotype can grow and it develops into these patterns and behaviors of prayer and intercession in the earth because we are also kingdom agents, Lord. 
And I'm praying right now, God, that this fire of prayer would come and just begin to brand the hearts right now. Now just let them do it in your heart. Some of you, you can pray in the spirit or, or just say, I receive it, Lord. Just declare it. Say, God, I receive this fire right now. I receive this fire in my heart. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Just receive it. Just receive it. Holy Spirit, we love you. Breathe upon us, Lord. Continue to just breathe upon us. He loves to just breathe on yielded vessels. It's, it, it makes a beautiful sound. It's like an instrument. He breathes on you. He breathes on you. He breathes on the, the incense of your heart. Smoke rises. Incense rises. So, Lord, we thank you for that right now. Burn, 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 burn again. Burn with the spirit of prayer. Burn with this incense of heaven. Come on. I want us to take one more minute right now. Those of you that pray in the spirit, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit right now. And if you don't, if you want to receive that, just ask him. That's it. Just stir up, fan the flame now. Just fan the flame a little bit. Yeah. 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 Fire, God. That's it. Come on. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep praying. Keep praying. Fan the flame. Agree with heaven. Agree with the testimony of heaven. Lord, we thank you for seraphim. We thank you for the angels of heaven. The servants of God to carry out your work. Those who inherit salvation, Lord. The flame of fire. Your ministers that are a flame of fire, God. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the Lord's awakening some, some of the intercessors here that feel like you've been asleep because it's high time. This is the hour of prayer. Wow. And, and you're going to unlearn even behaviors of prayer that are vain and repetitious. And you're going to begin to pattern your language after the DNA of heaven in you and not a religious tradition. And so, Lord, let us unlearn all of that stuff. And we want to learn the real deal as we honor some of the old wineskin and you form the new wineskin. We just embrace what heaven is doing right now. Wow. So good. So good. Thank you. Thank you for this pattern of prayer in our life. Amen. Yeah. I really feel like this is this is going to really unfold this year, saints. This this prayer thing. It's good. It's good. We may just stay on prayer for a couple weeks. Maybe get into it a little bit deeper. and That's good. So we receive it and we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. Would you just shout out amen with me? Amen. Amen.